Welcome back to Overdue. I'm Mrs. Watts, your Annex Librarian. And I'm Coach Hill, your main building librarian. In today's episode, we celebrate Groundhog Day. So in this episode, we are talking about what we've just read. And I read Woven in Moonlight by Isabel Adanias. This is actually one of two books, and I think I'm definitely going to read the second one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm anxious to see where the other one picks up. That'll be I'm curious about it. So um, Woven in Moonlight, it is a fantasy YA novel. And um, it has this really, like, political tie to the area of Bolivia is what I found just in reading it and then looking at other like blurbs about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the main character, it opens with her. Um, she's the, the condessa of the people, the, the princess or the leader of the people. And they are rationing out food um, because they, their, their home city has been taken from them from okay. another group. And so now they're they're at the end of their their food supply, and so you you're introduced to this kind of situation and turmoil um, that they're facing, hard decisions, and then um, the other group of people is led by King Atok, and he sends a messenger like within that first few pages to request the princess's hand in marriage and combine their two people groups, and there's this distinct hate between the people groups. Okay. She has n- no concern, for, n- just hate is all I could say. And so she is going to do it for her people because she sees it as an opportunity to um, get inside the enemy camp, for lack of better words, and um, and just try and redeem her people. Obviously, they're out of options. They don't have any food supplies left. So anyway, she is going into the city to potentially marry this king and unite the people. Um, and it, I just really can't put it into words. <laughs> she, she is not even the real princess, John. Like, okay. So it's just so many layers of um, protecting their people and I, I just don't have words. I can tell just watching you talk about it that you. That you I loved yeah. it. Like I can't. I don't even know which part to tell I know that you that about. That won't come across for people listening, but you right. can see how much that you enjoy. I, it's. Yeah. I've been thinking about it all morning, like the last three <laughs> hours of what I want to say, and I just can't even pick what. It's so good. It is so good. well done. So you're going to read the next one. I'm definitely going to read the cool. next one, and I'm sorry that I'm not conveying like what exactly it's about. <laughs> It's two people who... But it's a strong recommendation. It's a strong yeah. recommendation. It is so good. So well written. Like, so well written. Um, yes. Cool. I Hopefully I can do a book talk that's better than this. <laughs> but it is so, so good. There's magic. There's just a hint of romance. But it's mostly it's mostly a fight for your people, mm-hmm. which I really appreciate. I don't love, like, cheesy and, and, and over-the-top romance. So it's just... just so beautifully right. written. It was so good. Tell me about your book, and I'm hoping you can do a better job than I I'll just try. did. <laughs> I'll try. Um, I read The Inheritance Games by Jennifer Lynn Barnes. It's also YA. It's a mystery thriller. Um, it's a VSBA finalist this year. So this is about a girl, Avery, who's uh, who's in high school. Um, and then 
literally out of nowhere, she gets notified that she has just inherited uh, billions of dollars from some complete stranger down in Texas. Mm. And so I'll say this. At that point, like the concept for me was so outlandish that I was like, I don't know if I can read this. Sure. Like it was like, this is not, I know it's fiction. Yeah. But it's so not plausible that I was a little bit turned off in the beginning. However, you come to find out that this, this man that has passed away, um, his whole life was, was seemingly based around riddles and games and things like that. And so it kind of becomes this thing of like, why did Avery get all this money and not his daughters, not Mm -hmm. his grandsons. Um, and so, uh, she has to live in the in this guy's house that passed away, uh, Mr. Hawthorne. Um, and, I mean, the house is... Booby-trapped is too excessive of a phrase, but, right. like, uh, there's just hidden passages and just... It's... You know, as a, as turned off maybe as I was in the beginning, next thing I know, I'm, like, 50 pages from the sure. end. You know, like, trying to figure out why Avery... Now, uh, is yours part of a set? Yes, this a is series? one of three. Okay. This is one of three. And so I'm going to continue reading too, but I think maybe over the summer I might take the second one home. Okay. Um, right now I'm just in a phase with series where I, I just, I don't want to be locked in. Sure. You know what I mean? I'm, I appreciate yeah. the variety that I'm getting right now and mm-hmm. I'd like to keep that going. Um, but you eventually, you eventually do find out uh, what Avery's role is in all of this. Like, okay. Uh, why, why she was getting this inheritance. Um, and then you find it out. And, and you find it out so close to the end, you know, like it, it really keeps you reading. Wow. Um, and there's all these other, you know, side characters that are, it's all, it's, it's one big game is really what it is. That sounds like it's one big game. Good. Um, and then you find out you end, you end up do finding out why, why Avery received this massive inheritance. Okay. Uh, and so then like, just as you're like starting to have closure with the book, uh, there's even a little bit of a riddle on that. Not a next, let me let me rephrase that. It's not a riddle on that, but there's a twist on on the reason why she got it, and then okay. that, that is going to lead into the next book. I'm excited, uh, just like in the series, the way you're describing it. Yeah, like I said, I, I'm happy that it it was a. I understand why it was a VSBA finalist this mm-hmm. year, or is a VSBA finalist. But for the first bit, I was just like, man, this is out there. Sure, like, it was like so out there. Yeah. That, uh, but you kind of realize that. Even though it's out there, it's all going to come together at some point. Right. And it does. And it's it's where it's a fast-paced read. Um, oh. It was interesting. Awesome. It was interesting. You did a much better job describing your book. <laughs> I had nothing prepared. Students, are y'all are just going to have to come see me so I can uh, tell you. Right. Have another chance. Yes. <laughs> um, so as we do, we'll talk about uh, what we're going to read next. Mine's going to be something totally different from this. I was just talking about variety. But also, as we've been doing before we do that... Um, We'll listen to a quick book preview from a White House high school student. Hi, I'm Isabella Jones, and I will be reading out of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban by J.K. Rowling. The train came to a stop with a jolt, and distant thuds and bangs told them that luggage had fallen out of the racks. Then, without warning, all the lamps went out, and they were plunged into total darkness. What's going on? said Ron's voice from behind Harry. Ouch, gasped Hermione. Ron, that was my foot. Harry felt his way back to his seat. Do you think we're broken down? Don't know. There was a squeaking sound and Harry saw the dim black outline of Ron wiping a patch clean on the window and peering out. There's something moving out there, Ron said. I think people are coming on board. 
The compartment door suddenly opened and someone fell painfully over Harry's legs. Sorry, do you know what's going on? Ouch, sorry. Hello, Neville, said Harry, feeling around in the dark and pulling Neville up by his cloak. Harry, is that you? What's happening? No idea. Sit down. There was a loud hissing of, and a yelp of pain. Neville had tried to sit on Crookshanks. I'm going to go and ask the driver what's going on, came Hermione's voice. Harry felt her pass him, heard the door slide open again, and then a thud and two loud squeals of pain. Who's that? Who's that? Ginny, Hermione, what are you doing? I was looking for Ron. Come in and sit down. Not here, said Harry hurriedly. I'm here. Ouch, said Neville. Quiet, said a hoarse voice suddenly. Professor Lupin appeared to have woken up at last. Harry could hear movements in his corner. None of them spoke. There was a soft crackling noise, and a shivering light filled the compartment. Professor Lupin had appeared to be holding a handful of flames. They illuminated his tired gray face, but his eyes looked alert and wary. Stay where you are, he said in the same hoarse voice, and he got slowly to his feet with his hand full of fire held out in front of him. But the door slid slowly open before Lupin could reach it. Standing in the doorway, illuminated by the shivering flames in Lupin's hands, was a cloaked figure that towered to the ceiling. His face was completely hidden beneath its hood. Harry's eyes darted downward, and what he saw made his stomach contract. There was a hand protruding from the cloak, and it was glistening, grayish, slimy-looking, and scabbed like something dead that had died, decayed in water. But it was visible only for a split second, as though the creature beneath the cloak sensed Harry's gaze. The hand was suddenly withdrawn into the folds of its black cloak. Then, the thing beneath the hood, whatever it was, drew a long, slow, rattling breath as though it were trying to suck something more than air from its surroundings. An intense cold swept over all of them. Harry felt his own breath catch inside his chest. The cold went deeper than his skin. It was inside his chest. It was inside his very heart. Eyes, Harry's eyes rolled up into his head. He couldn't see. He was drowning in cold. There was a rushing in his ears as though of water. He was being dragged downward, the roaring growing louder. Alrighty, so it's February now. Um, and so, not necessarily intentionally, but uh, to finish up with, with what we're going to read next, I think we both have a romance novel. At least I think mine's a romance I'm novel. I'm pretty sure mine's a romance. Mine's actually a book that my mom sent me. So this is, this is a recommendation from mom. Um, it's called The Little Paris Bookshop by Nina George. I'm assuming she's read it then. She has. Okay. Yes, she has read it. And I'm only, I've started, but I'm only... 30-some pages in. Right. Um, so I don't really have a great idea of what's going on, but here's what I do know. Uh, there's a guy. Uh, he owns, uh, like, a floating bookshop on mm-hmm. on the river in Paris. I, I don't know how to say it. The Seine, maybe. Um, and he has this innate ability. He treats his books um, like, like prescriptions. Like, when people come into his shop and um, he can read their body language and emotions and, and listen to them talk and he treat he gives them the book that they need in that moment in their life and he has just this kind of innate ability to do that that's really cool with almost everybody um and that's as much as i know right now i like it i like that yeah I like kinda... he's got a very uh like i said a very unique uh talent for mm-hmm. just matching people with books and that's kind of the impression that you are get you going to be the point. next book matcher after this i can only hope <laughs> I can only hope. That is a really cool concept, though. I'm yeah. excited to see how it I don't goes. know what's going to happen next. I mean, it could right. be a whole book about just that. Right. 
Uh, but we'll see. Yeah. What do you got? So I picked People We Meet on Vacation by Emily Henry. I'm assuming it's a romance just based on this. This It is. I just bought it. Blurb. It yeah, says two I, best yeah. friends, 10 summer trips, one last chance to fall. Yeah, I love. just bought it for the library and yeah. I know it's, it's a romance. So it's appropriate. Um, I actually picked this because we have two teachers and I'm sure there are more, but two that work near me that recommended it and have talked about it. I've heard their conversations. And then you just bought it for the library. Yes. Um, and saw that in processing and it kind of reminded me that, oh, that sounded good. So, so that's what I'm going to pick up and read next. Um, yeah, I'm excited to try it. It's appropriate for Valentine's day coming up and yeah, I'm excited to see how they go. Cool. But for now, it's time for us to check out. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at BDP underscore library. Check out our YouTube channel, BDP library for book talks and blogs and share us with a friend. Don't forget to check back with us every other Wednesday for the next episode of